We them guys, let me bring you on the block. This the movie, Red Box. We don't like the Red Sox. Fire hydrants on blast when the town get hot. Drink tequila by the ounce at the hookah spot. If you ain't from here, you cannot survive here. But you with the crew, so you can come disguise here. Step up in our shoes, let us give you the news. And tell you all the things that others who scared to. My city worldwide, so how can I fear you? We wasn't raised on the sick code, I'ma spare you. This is not a scene that you can compare to. You might as well soak it all in while you here, dude. Cause this is the birthplace of rap, R.I.P. the pun. Couple more seconds in the show's begun. I said birthplace of rap, R.I.P. the pun. Couple more seconds in the show's begun. And that's from the Bronx with love, from the Bronx with. Bronx with love, from the Bronx with. Bronx with love, from the Bronx with. Welcome to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Karen and Dom. And we are live. Hello, Dom. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Mm-hmm. Lots of going on, lots of changes recently. Yes. Uh, it's grown up live it never ends I know until it ends but still (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna get into it that much this in this particular episode just because I'm really like eager to dig into the main topic Mm -hmm. but I am gonna briefly say that and I mentioned this to you you know via text but I'm just not the type of person that does well with drastic change. Right. And right now there are a few changes going on. I wouldn't say a lot. It's a few changes going on in my life that is just, I know that it's going to take me a few months Mm -hmm. to get adjusted to. And there Mm -hmm. are times where I just feel like jumping out the window. (laughs) Well, you know when you get, like, that overwhelming feeling? Oh, yeah. I get an overwhelming feeling literally making coffee. <laughs> you, you, are, you really don't even have to talk to me about this. Like, I already, like, whatever you're going to say, I've already experienced it. I already know. And you see, this is why you're, like, the perfect person to talk <laughs> about this with. But you also understand. And, like, you, I don't know, for some reason, like, you always have the perfect things to say Mm -hmm. and and then I'm like I feel a bit more calm and I'm like okay yes I was being dramatic but I did need someone to talk to about this well I am touched thank you but like overall you aren't and when you did you're like I feel like there's so many changes going on I was like Karen you know there's like actual like scientific studies that go that span like decades that talk about like humanity's inability to adapt super quickly and like being burnt out from uh, radical changes (laughs) like that's it's so 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 normal to feel really um unsettled and out of place when a lot of things aren't um completely secure it's so normal (laughs) so normal so like definitely I want you to know that like 
there's nothing anything is like oh maybe something's off with me because this is like the first time I'm really feeling this it's welcome just welcome to the club (laughs) (laughs) hashtag millennial problems right Mm -hmm. (laughs) but how are you doing Dom I got another cold whatever whatever I don't want to hear it is this like your third cold (laughs) my 30th Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. the weather has been so crazy, to be honest. Okay, so I was just going to say that. I was like, she's not going to buy this excuse. But yeah, I'm like, I think I'm someone who's super susceptible to like weather changes. Because the yeah. last time I had a cold was when the weather was like, it was 40 degrees on Monday, and then it was like 80 degrees on Thursday. <laughs> and then it was negative 18 on Saturday. So. <laughs> My yeah, body just talk about not being able to acclimate. It's my body. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. How's your surgery? By I mean, well, the recovery. Like oh, well, I'm just know? getting out of um, out of uh, the anesthesia. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm feeling so much better. I really went through a period. So you want to talk about dramatic. Okay. I went through a period of time where I was just like, this is so painful. I really don't even know if I'm ever going to feel like non-pain again. This is things I'm saying to myself. <laughs> it was so, 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 so painful because like everyone, because I had a like very standard like um, wisdom tooth extraction um, except it wasn't standard. <laughs> uh, I had a, I have um, my two bottom wisdom teeth were um, impacted, so they had to like put me under full anesthesia and like really like perform surgery, um, and go in there and dig it and root it out and pull it out and everything. And my doctor, he said, um, the surgeon, he said that my case is a little bit more difficult. One of the harder cases he's had in his career. So he's like, it's going to be hard for me and my healing is going to be hard for you. So I'm like, okay, I've heard people being able to heal from um, wisdom teeth extractions in like three or four days. So I'm like, that's probably going to take me a week. It took me um, a good 13 days. Wow. I, I was just... It was not okay. I'm <laughs> because I remember that you mentioned that you were having headaches. Yeah, so that was like a huge part of it. Um, like three or four days in, um, I was getting what they call like rebound headaches. So my body was getting really used to like the Motrin, and they um, prescribed Vicodin. So it's like you know, in one of those. Um, biggies the big ones um (laughs) and I was taking them as prescribed so I was taking um the Motrin every six hours and if I feel pain in between then I would alternate to the Vicodin which was four to six hours so I was alternating and taking them and my body was like getting used to them so then I would get like that it's called when your body's getting used to it it's called a rebound headache And so I'm like, now I have to like not take any pain medication when I'm most in pain because my pain medication was giving me migraines in addition (laughs) to my teeth pain. Were you sleeping a lot? I, um, had to, like, I like had to like sleep through the pain when I wasn't on 
sleep, like when I wasn't taking the Vicodin. The Vicodin helped me sleep really well for the first three days. And after that, it was just like headaches. So I was like, I'm going to stop taking them. And then I I took some of the Motrin and then downgraded to Tylenol, which wasn't too bad. And I was like, if it hurts, I literally have to like just bite down on cotton and sleep through the pain because I'm not taking anything else. Yeah. I should have just had rum. (laughs) But I survived. Um, Also talking about being dramatic. First, I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to, like, I don't know how I felt before all this pain. This is things I'm, like, legitimately thinking. And I'm not texting Karen this because Karen's going to be, like, crazy. Um, No. But I also was like, okay, it's so weird that I, like, every single day I kept having the headaches. And I was, like, weaning myself off the medication. Even though, like, sometimes when you have medication in your system, it takes time to, like, for it to leave your body. Um but I was like, okay, I'm not, I wasn't taking Vicodin for like a good seven days and I still kept getting the headache and I was drinking a lot of water. And I'm like, I really hope that like within the procedure, maybe like, cause I was under full anesthesia. I was like, I'm really hoping like the doctor didn't like knock around maybe like an aneurysm or something. And maybe I'm not mm. going to have a stroke because I don't understand why my brain hurts so much. Do I have a blood clot? I was like, I went through like, to really weird places because of the headaches. <laughs> I was like, if I can survive this next week, so it was like the third week, I was like, if I can get through that last week and I don't have any headaches after that week, I'm going to go and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get an MRI. I need an MRI or a CAT scan, but I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> no more headaches. We're glad to know that you don't have to get an MRI done. Right, yeah. We would absolutely start the Patreon then. (laughs) So, I'm alive. It's still the Dom and Karen show. Oh, no, actually, no. It's from the books. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I'm still here. Yay! Mm -hmm. So... Are you excited about our main topic? <laughs> I am. I can't. Like, I need, I need to dig into this. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, this feels so, so good. So, there's so many layers of this. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this situation that's going on? So today's, um, we are recording um, uh, Wednesday, March 13th. So Tuesday, Tuesday, March 12th, right? Yes. Crazy. No, not March 12th, March 13th. No, Tuesday was yesterday. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing crazy. Nothing big. Trumpito didn't tweet anything crazy. You know what I mean? And it was kind of a quiet news day, at least on my radar. There was some kind of sports stuff happening, but, like, we don't pay attention to that nonsense. Um, And then I just started seeing Felicity Huffman and Lori Loughlin and college and scam and wire fraud, mail fraud, $25 in a college scam. And I'm like... 
what is going on? Like when I tell you my Twitter fingers were hyperactivated, I was just like, what's going on? So <laughs> it off, it was like, whoa. It went from like, la 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 to, oh my goodness. This is like, I could not wrap my head around this story when I first saw it. I was like, okay, wait. So Aunt Becky from Full House is like, U.S. Marshals are looking for her on the plane to arrest her because, like, they're waiting for her in L.A. to yeah. arrest her for mail fraud to get her daughter into college. I'm like, what is going on? The levels. But, yeah, um, yesterday uh, the FBI announced that they um, are charging around 50 people and it includes like CEOs, um, obviously actresses, other like well-known, very rich people um, who got caught up in like a bribing scam, basically, um, where they paid money to admissions to get their children into school. Mm-hmm. Like having to bypass like even the SATs. Um, Felicity Huffman, who is a, she's an actress, um, and she's actually Karen. I don't know if you knew this, but she's married to the actor who plays Frank Gallagher in Showtime. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So I was like, this definitely sounds like a Frank Gallagher kind of thing. That's what I was gonna say. Like that family is known for pulling every type of scam. Uh huh. Well, now his wife did it in real life. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently he hasn't been charged with anything, which is interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but she, hers is really um, interesting because she, my understanding was that she was able to like get answers for the SATs. <gasps> to her daughter and her daughter was able because she took it once before and then her daughter was able to get like 450 extra points after she took the test having known the answers and like they tried to like make sure that there was like a proctor they paid a proctor specifically for when their daughter was going to take a test they also there's reports um that parents had doctors say that their children had ADHD or some kind oh, of learning yes. disability so that then they can like have extra time to take the test. And I'm like, I do not understand how this, like higher education, um, like one, I think it's really important. Um, especially like if you want to be, um, upwardly mobile in the society but I don't think it's the end-all be-all but for the longest time even before it was like even open to like um women in this country you know what I'm saying even before it was co-ed it always served a purpose to like continue and perpetuate like a a a higher class like it's supposed to serve the bourgeoisie you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so like how are you rich and like fumbling the bag like this <laughs> like it's made for you but this is the thing i think mm-hmm. that the kids obviously they their parents have money so they think mm-hmm. like oh well eventually i'm gonna inherit all this money so why even try to get into college 
Like I'm already set for life. I am so happy you said that because Miss Olivia Jade, um, who I didn't even know, like we are familiar with influencers and influencer yeah. marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a kind of our background. She's a YouTuber. So Aunt Becky's daughter, Olivia Jade, is a YouTuber. And there's this clip that's going around on Twitter, because you know me and my Twitter hands, um, (laughs) that she's just saying, like, she's saying, like, you know, she's really excited that she got into college, but she has to, like, talk to the deans, because, like, even in the first week of school, she has to be in Fiji for work, and then she's going to be in New York for work, and then she's going to be in Canada for work. And work is just, like, her vlogging, basically. So she's, like, traveling and vlogging. That's her work. And she's, like, well, I have to, like, make sure that I'm I'm able to, like, have a college experience and still work. And, like, she's saying, like, you know, I still want to, like, go to all the dances and, like, parties and, like, sporting events. She's, like, but I really don't care about school. And I'm, like, are you serious? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? imagine (laughs) gambling with jail time for someone who doesn't really care about school like what yeah exactly and it's just like okay can't you party somewhere else (laughs) like you're a lot like you could go to ibiza right like you have the money to go there so why are you just going to get your mommy to pay for your spot in college just because you want to attend all of that Like, college is not for partying. Well, I guess for them it is because they don't even have to try. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously for us, it's because, like, we're trying to better ourselves. We're trying to get a better job. Right. And that's why when we go to college, it's it's about studying. I mean, I'm not going to say that we never partied while we were in college, but it's not like we just go into college for the party experience. Mm Mm-hmm. But that is why I feel like they think that, like, they can get away with anything because well, of the money that they have. This is why, this is why I'm, I'm like, not even for the 70% tax. Like, rich people need to be taxed at 100%. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because look at what they're doing with their money. They're like, well, well I can pay for my child's spot in college just so that she can go party. Right. And then the thing is that a lot of the times... Uh, and I think uh, Chicanisma posted something about this Mm -hmm. and it was related to, and this was probably like back in 2011, the mom from Ohio who was jailed for sending her kids to a better school district. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yes. She might've just lied about her address to get Mm -hmm. her kids in another district. That was Mm -hmm. it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then there was another case in 2012 about a homeless mother mm-hmm. um, who, who was also sent to jail for sending her child to a better school. Mm-hmm. That was it. Like, they just wanted for their children to have a better education. Yeah. <clears throat> and probably just provided, like, the neighbor's address or the cousin's address or whatever. But I don't think that it was such a bad crime you know versus here you're bribing people you're cheating because you're getting answers to a test mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So these people need to be jailed. Give them 20, 30 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> because if they, yep. Because if they gave a mom who, who just was trying to get her, her child into a better school district five or 10 years, these people deserve like twice the amount of time. And then another thing is that they're always claiming that immigrants come to this country to Ooh. take their spot, mm. right? Lay it on me. Meanwhile, they're mm-hmm. paying for their spot. Mm-hmm. So when everyone is claiming that immigrants just come here to take their jobs or obviously now their spots in college, they make it sound like it's so easy. Like I just show up and then they're like, here is your entry to college. And then once you graduate, here's your job. Like it's that easy, right? Right. And we have to like work so hard at it. A lot of our parents and even ourselves are in debt just trying to get through the college. Exactly. Try to buy into this like facade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That like, and this whole like people like if you like you said like if you do um if you do what they say so they say like go to college get a degree and if, with that degree you get a job obviously all the things are supposed to line up for you then why are we the most unemployed generate like underemployed generation and least paid you know yeah. what i'm saying yep. like we and then we're the most in debt and we're obviously in debt because we followed the rules. We were told to go to school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. And that's what, just what we did. So, like, so that's the whole facade, this whole, like, meritocracy, meritocracy like, do what you're supposed to do and then you will be rewarded is BS. Like, yep. everything is, like, when you talk about the system, like, structurally, like, it's so messed up that, like, we don't even have, like, any, like, systems in place so that we can accommodate for, um, like you were talking about those, um, those mothers, those children to like have, um, like a good place to learn. And that's Mm -hmm. like, it's all by design. Like, and it's not even just like education because education is tied into property and like where you live. And then that's whole, like, that's a whole, like super racialized and class, um, class divided, um, issue. Like, they purposefully, especially if you look at places in New York, like New York City, yes, it's really diverse, but has one of some of the most segregated um, school um, districts, as well as Boston and as well as Chicago, which is probably the most famous. It has like so many different kinds of people who live there and it's really diverse. But then like you see the people who have historically been marginalized from getting housing now there's a legacy and um their children are now being layers are suffering because of the property you know what i'm saying like it's just like all of it ties together and it's all really unfair yeah and to cheat your way into something that's already been built in for you it is like so aggravating like what are what it cancel the rich (laughs) (laughs) and like you said it's all by design because we we buy into this idea that it's like okay go to college and once you get that degree it will guarantee you like a better future da 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 
But if I'm already buried in debt once mm-hmm. I graduate college and I can't find the job and the interest starts accumulating, how the hell am I ever going to become like a homeowner or or make my own business? I'm going right. to be stuck with this debt forever. And right. there's only so much you can do that you're never going to reach their level of right. like, rich because you're stuck already, even from like an early age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just like when I saw that, I it's like it is a little bit like, okay, like you said, 20, 30 years. So it's like, yes, they are like rich people have been doing this since like rich people have existed, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> have been buying their way into like everything, country clubs, schools, <laughs> uh, hospitals, buying their way out of murder, like oh, <laughs> into government, <clears throat> our government, we have a rich person who bought this way in. Yep. Um, so like, this is nothing new. So the practice is as old as, how long ever the bourgeoisie ruling class has been um, in in surviving. Um, I was going to say, it is interesting, um, and you don't see it often, that it's, like, put out in the light yeah. for people to make fun of on Twitter, which is nice, but also for, like, people to, like, be met with their, like, consequences. Yep. Sorry, but- Aunt Becky. <laughs> Speaking of presidents... Mm-hmm. You know what? Who's also like? There's a rumor going around that uh, ex-president Enrique Peña Nieto mm-hmm. that he also bought his degree. Oh goodness! Yeah, there was a rumor. Well, it was this wasn't a rumor, but it did come out. Like, I, I'm not sure if he like on his thesis statement that he didn't cite correctly all the sources that he used. And oh, basically he played correct. Yup. I, I knew where that was going. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> eventually I think like he paid in order to have that overlooked and that he could just get his degree. Oh my goodness. And, and obviously after that came out, obviously people realized that it was, Probably it was true because he was such a dumbass. <laughs> That's another thing I remember telling my mom this, and my mom was like, "Oh, this happens such a like, this happens all the time in the like in um, other countries." She's like, "I didn't expect that of America." I was like, "How long have you been living here? You didn't expect that of Americans." But <laughs> but then she also said something like, um, "She's like." And this is why, you know, we'll have doctors and lawyers commit malpractice because oh, they're yeah. freaking stupid and they only bought their way into things. And I was like, she is right. She's like, people are going to die because of these idiot children. Yeah. And then also, like you said, they won't pay their, for their crime because, again, the, their money will save them from going to jail. Yeah. Which in this particular case with Aunt Becky, that's what I'm going to call her, Aunt Becky. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that she pays the consequences. Yeah. And another thing is that mm, children of immigrant parents and obviously a lot of them, including us, that are first generation attending college and all of that. Mm-hmm. We managed to get to where we are with hard work. 
a lot of the things we had to figure it out on our own. Yeah. And we didn't have like the resources and the money and the connections that these rich kids had. And Mm -hmm. we've made it this far. Mm -hmm. So can you imagine what we could accomplish if we had the same amount of money that they did? And I think that's their biggest fear. And that's why they designed this system to Mm -hmm. keep people of color Mm -hmm. from, from like succeeding or like passing them. Oh girl. Mm, I don't know if they're ready for this. That's what mm. I think. They're going to come knocking at your door. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're ready for this. <laughs> because a lot of the times, like for me, and I'm pretty sure for you, it was like something similar. Like when I was applying to college, my parents had never done that. Right. And so for applications, I had to figure it out on my own once I was in college, I had to figure out everything on my own and I made mistakes along the way, but I really didn't have anyone to go to for advice because my parents only made it as far as like high school back in their country. And I've been seeing a lot of tweets about like saying how like, oh, you know, the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Did you ever have that when you were in college? Did I or do I? <laughs> I think it's still very, like, it was really noticeable for me. Like, it was something that I, like, continuously questioned, um, was, like, especially in grad school, because I felt, um, I think this is partly because also I was working full-time. So I was going to school full-time and I was working mm-hmm. full-time. It was also because I was working in a highly exploitative industry, um, <laughs> not getting paid. <laughs> so then I also had to like get a weekend job. So I had two jobs in school. Um, and I constantly fell, felt that I was really below bar creatively because it's just like bandwidth wise it was like let me just get the assignment in not really let me take some time and really flourish and like and I have the ideas I like having ideas and writing and constructing a narrative is hard I don't care what anyone has to say don't at me and talk about other things are hard I'm not diminishing other (laughs) other things but I'm saying like personally for me writing even though I have the aptitude and I can be considered a good writer you know what no I am a good writer um it's pretty hard even mm-hmm. get to a point where you like want to write um and write prolifically you know yeah um so that was like during grad school all oh, I was like like how did I even get in every, like so many days not every day but there would be so many days I'd wake up and I'm like how did I get in like how 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 <laughs> like I'm not deserving of this because, like, I'm just so subpar. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You see, for me, it was different. I mm-hmm. never felt that imposter syndrome. I was like, I got here because of the work that I did. Yeah. And I'm here to to also, like, represent the hard work that my parents have done and the sacrifices mm-hmm. that I have done. So I deserve to be here. What did yeah. get me? annoying was that people did look at me like I didn't belong there 
just because maybe I didn't come from like a wealthy mm-hmm. family or something like that. But that didn't mean that I wasn't as smart as they were. And mm-hmm. it, and I didn't feel this in college, but I did feel it once I was like in the professional field. I did get that feeling. Um, and I was like, no, I deserve to be here. And I might not have the experience yet, but I am going to get it throughout the years. And in the current situation that I am right now, mm-hmm. I am just like, no, a job is a job. And that doesn't mean that I need to kill myself over it. I know that I have the skills necessary to accomplish this job. And if you don't see it, it's your loss, not mm-hmm. mine. Mm-hmm. That's the Usually the way that I, I saw it. And in college, I was just like, oh, this is something new. Yes. But I'm here and I'm going to make the best out of it. Obviously, like you said, there were moments where I did get frustrated because I wanted to dedicate more time to my art projects. Mm-hmm. But I had to work, too, in order to pay tuition. And that's those were the frustrating moments where I was like, you know what? If I had the opportunity to just like focus completely on school, I would do so much better. And right. that, but that's not my situation. And I have to find and basically make the best out of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yes, there was times where I cried, where I wish that my financial situation was different. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I made it through. And now looking back at it, I'm like, you know what? If I got through college, I can get through anything. Yeah. I wish I had that. <laughs> I don't know. How did you develop that confidence? Because I don't, I don't know what about me thinks I don't deserve things until I, or I don't know. And I also remember reading a study um, uh-huh especially this happens with women, um, that they don't act for, um, raises a like wait until they've proven that they're have the aptitude for a raise, um, within like the first year or first couple of years of working. Whereas like, it takes like men six months mm-hmm. to like ask for a raise. Um, and like, I know I do this. I'm very guilty of this in a job search, I won't apply to a job if I only meet like maybe 60 or 70% of the requirements. Like I have to like, it has to hit almost 90% of the requirements for me to apply. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I did hear about that. Um, so I'm like different in that regard, I guess. And I'm also thinking like, huh, am I naive? And, like, I just, like, didn't realize how people looked at me because I actually never had an experience where people, like, looked at me like I didn't belong somewhere. Right. Yeah. And I think that's so sad. I'm sorry. I felt it more professionally, but it wasn't in, like, all the jobs that I had. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was in particular with one job Mm -hmm. with one person. Total douche who felt like he was like this know-it-all and Mm -hmm. whatever because of his fancy degree. I was like, no, dude. No. Gross. (laughs) Gross, 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 gross. I would imagine if, like, we were working in um, a place, like, I guess this also is why I didn't, like, really feel it because I think I got a, a warning. Not a warning, but, like, I had a professor, she's amazing, she helped me get into film school, um, 
But I had a professor, she was talking about, um, this is a huge problem in journalism, but like a lot of like the legacy, like New York Times and um, uh, Washington Post, they really like to hire like people who've graduated from like from the Ivies um, to write like entry level, not even to like be a columnist or anything like that. Um, And I remember her saying that, um, saying not like, she wasn't saying it like don't apply. She was saying like this has been a problem in media for a while, but she's like, but I know that you all could do it. So she was like very encouraging. But I think I only got grabbed the first part of it where she was like, they only want people from Harvard. I was like, Well, not gonna be me, so I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> so I think I like kind of like stopped myself from going into spaces where it's like people are it's super status driven. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and I like did go to like smaller firms and like more like upstarts where it's like we just want someone who's hungry, and I'm like, that's me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I'm not about to like catch any um uh, in creole it's like um which is like i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna get any of um nonsense from people like they're not gonna give me any nonsense like i'm not going into a place where they're gonna like willingly like talk about me because yeah like you're not gonna put yourself in that situation Yeah. yeah 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 Um, oh, I didn't realize until talking to you though that I kind of did that. <laughs> then you're talking, I was like, "Huh, I'm wondering if anyone ever like made it really known that I didn't belong anywhere." And I always remember I wasn't like it wasn't so much as like I was a diversity hire, but I always remember I was like one of person of color, if not the only black oh, person. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. and I don't know the liberals love doing this when it's like you're a black person and you know we're all the same people apparently and we all go to the same meetings and they just like if they want black friends and they like kind of tokenize you they're so excited for yeah. you to be there so I've had that experience <laughs> and I'm like okay whatever pay me <laughs> Yeah, I totally, I'm, I'm with you on that too. Because uh, mm-hmm. I've noticed it as well. In most of my jobs, I'm like, maybe like one of two Latinas or something. And, I, and then I wonder, I'm like, hmm, are we like the token ones? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, whatever. Pay me. I'm here to learn. And yeah. eventually apply it in my own empire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and hire some token uh some token ones not of us but yeah <laughs> it's yeah. a sea of beautiful color and then like bloop. <laughs> but here's the thing also that you know for example like i'm becky paying for her daughter to get into college and other parents who have connections when it comes to the best internships or good jobs right after college, like they're automatically guaranteed these things. Meanwhile, we're not, and we have to constantly like fight for it and prove ourselves. Right. Prove that we basically deserve to be there. When yeah. It's like, well, I have this college degree. Why else would I have like received it just for showing up? 
Mm-hmm. Like, no, I got this degree because I passed all my classes. I, you know, studied my ass off. So obviously no one is born knowing something. No. Everyone has to learn it. Yeah. So if you're asking for candidates to apply, don't expect them to come with like already all this knowledge. Like, of mm-hmm. course, they're going to have to learn things along the way. Yeah. And this probably will go on into like another episode about like just the way that companies go about hiring, <sighs> which in itself is like a whole mm-hmm. other mess. But this does tie into it because you would think that after you attend college and get your degree, you're like, okay, where are the jobs? Like the, <laughs> the jobs should be coming to you, right? Yeah. But no, it's the opposite. You have to chase these jobs. It is so irritating. It is like, this is what I can't stand about the job market. Like, <laughs> are you serious? Like, it is Olympic style agility. Yes. To and I get was, into these jobs. Like, yes. I don't have it. I don't have it. I like almost killed myself getting a degree because that's also pretty rigorous. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I, and I might have told you this as well, but it's like now companies are asking for like superpowers or something. And then the way that they describe their jobs, they might as well just put like willing to give up your personal life. Yeah, which is so rude. Yeah. And then, sure, like I, typically the way that I go about applying to jobs is companies that I truly like support or, you know, that either I use their services or whatever. So if I'm applying to your company, it's because I truly support your mission or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, I want to get paid too, but yeah, keep going. Yeah. (laughs) But then like, like don't question me as to like why I want that job. Like, Duh, to pay bills. Mm-hmm. Second, sure, I enjoy your company. And then obviously third, like, my skills fit the job description. Like, I'm right. not going to go apply to, like, a, a doctor's position. That doesn't make any sense. If I'm Are applying... <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Damn it, I can't get free service. Anyways, continue. <laughs> But yeah, like if I'm applying, it's because I, I know that I meet at least some of our, your criteria. And versus what you said, Dom, that you mm-hmm. only apply if you meet like 80% of mm-hmm. the requirements. Yeah. No, if I find keywords that fit my resume or like my LinkedIn, I'm like, okay, I'm hitting apply. Because I've learned, and this is like now me, like not giving a fuck. <laughs> but it's like the worst they can say is no a no is not gonna kill me mm-hmm. so I'm just like apply and yeah if I don't hear back from them it's like ear loss because I'm awesome and I'm a great team player so yeah. I like that I think that's what I need to develop not like oh I don't have any confidence because I think I do (laughs) I think I just need to like (laughs) I need to be on your level I'm like I don't care I'm the best (laughs) y'all are stupid yeah I need to stop giving them importance here I am talking about the bourgeoisie class like with all this passion and I'm like but can you please hire me like ew ew no I gotta be consistent (laughs) all right from now forward I'm like I don't care you're gonna pay me you're gonna run me my money 
<laughs> Speaking, I just want to do like one little last thing, like talking about how like the whole system is just like ugh, rigged against us and meritocracy is bullshit. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. Also trending, um, in addition to the college scam, I don't know if you've heard about this, um, job posting that's been going around, um, about, I don't know, a full-time freelancer. Oh, this is my God. a, one publication from Condé, I didn't even like take the time to even care about this. Um, <laughs> but I think he's an editor for Eater magazine one or Bon Appetit. It's like one of the food magazines. And he's like, we're looking for a full-time freelance in New York. Relocation funds aren't going to be covered and no insurance. And I'm like, this is where like, they're not even hiding it anymore. Like they're not even hiding the fact that they just want to exploit you. And they think like, by paying you some amount of okay. money, like we're supposed to be grateful. Oh, yeah. let me tell you about this <laughs> this one tweet I saw because I'm uh, my Twitter following is weird. Um, not weird, but it's like a lot of intersections. It's a lot of like memes and Rihanna and Beyonce, um, <laughs> and some makeup people. And because I love beauty um, videos on YouTube, one of these days we're going to have like a full out like because it's always a beauty controversy. So we're going to have like a little cheese me um, episode, which would be nice. Um, so it's like that. And also a lot of labor and union activists, <laughs> especially after like twenty five hundred people were let go from media um, companies. I follow a lot of people who were able to at least like for vice um like make a union a writer's union for vice there's a writer's union for the intercept um like oh. yeah so like i follow like a lot of those like uh labor and union activists um so there's like beyonce who's a billionaire and then like i have working class activism <laughs> i'm balanced <laughs> clearly um and so many of those people it was really funny to see they like quote tweeted and they would tag and like normally i'm not like oh don't snitch tag like don't be a little bitch and snitch oh my goodness they immediately tagged the new york state the, the department of labor and i was like that's the right thing to do that's the right thing to do because you know what I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be like, oh, don't be a bitch. Like it's. I'm not gonna cape for like the people who are actively oppressing the working class. I'm not doing that. I was like, yes, get them. That's what you're supposed to do. Let everybody know this is nonsense. This is illegal. Lock his ass up. No one's working for full time freelance with no insurance. Yeah. Nonsense. And then this is the thing that. I feel like before freelance was known for like, okay, you come in, you do a job and mm -hmm. they paid for it, right? A reasonable yeah. amount. And that's yeah. why I think like before it was uh, popular because a lot of designers mm -hmm. or writers wanted that flexibility. Right. But now they're using this term like as to, to imply like, oh yeah, freelancer. Yeah. You have all this freedom. It says full-time freelancer then. Uh, that's hello. a full-time job that's a yeah. salaried position that you are paying for me giving me a 401k and yeah. benefits 
freelancer is known for like, okay, I do a job, then I go find my other, my next gig or whatever. But a full-time freelancer for one company in specific, come on, please. You just want cheap labor. Yep. And you're using the words to make it sound all hip or whatever. But no one is falling into that trap. Oh, you know what? This mm-hmm. reminded me of something that bag ladies tweeted. Ooh, what they tweet? It said something about how a job should pay you for the amount of time that you spend commuting. Something like that, I believe it mm-hmm. was. And that, I did see that, and I was like, that's so smart. Right? Because now I'm definitely moving two hours away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they said that and then i replied and i said that they should also pay at least 50 percent of your transportation costs Mm -hmm. don't you think that's the right thing to do yes absolutely i think the right thing to do is um to not nickel and dime people to pay people what like whatever is being paid is not enough not like I mean, certain industries probably, but like overall, like the cost of what we're getting paid versus the cost of living, like it's not matching up. Like so many people in this country live paycheck to paycheck and like, like six, I think 60% of this like population is house poor. So like they have house, they own property, but they like, that's all they have. And like they, if there's like an emergency, you know, costing $500 or more, they're like essentially broke. Like yes. What, what is this? Like, you can't have like all this talk about American exceptionalism and like the American dream and like have <laughs> like these dreams shattered and decaying. Like, something's wrong. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. And it's basically people overworking themselves to Mm -hmm. prove that they deserve some type of raise. Meanwhile, because you also have like debt piling up on you Mm -hmm. from your student loans Mm -hmm. and these jobs that don't even want to give you benefits, like with all that, with that amount of pressure from work and from your loans, all that, it's so easy to get sick. And then you have no, like, benefits. How the hell are you going to pay for your hospital bills? Right. And then, like, oh, my God, we're going we're gonna to spin out of control because I'm not even going to talk about the cost of, like, medical care. We're done. <laughs> and with that, we're done. <laughs> no, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's just, like, this never-ending cycle. Mm-hmm. And one thing triggers another. That's brilliant. Perfect. Yep. Mm-hmm. exactly so we go from college scam to everything's a scam which is like we knew <laughs> <laughs> yes we knew but it's good that now people are you know hopefully paying their time for these scams because college should be available to everyone not mm-hmm. just depending on how much mommy and daddy want to pay for your spot mm-hmm. and hey, like, if I'm smarter than you and take a job from you, what the hell? That, that doesn't mean anything. I worked hard and, and studied my ass off, and right. I deserve to get that job. I 
I love it. <laughs> I love it. I, you know, I am going into Amazon's headquarters and saying that to Jeff Bezos, <laughs> I deserve this job running this company and taking your money and redistributing it across the country, <laughs> across the hemisphere. So, so good. So, let's move on to highlights. Mm-hmm. I actually have something to highlight. I was just, we just, I don't even think we need to like send anyone to hell because, like, that was our whole main section. It was like, I'm Betty. Yeah. <laughs> and all the privileged people that buy themselves their way to college. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but let's go on with your highlight. Yeah. So I saw this on Twitter um, while I was like tweeting up a storm about all the other nonsense. I saw um, this is the um, Bronx is reading. That is the handle on Twitter. Uh, It's the BX is reading. And excuse me, I'll read the tweet. It says, we're excited about the second annual Bronx Book Festival in June 2019, but we need your help to ensure that it goes on smoothly. Can you help us raise 5K until uh, June 2019? For March, we need to raise 4980 So can you make a donation today? Um, so that's their tweet. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. Um, I tweeted and retweeted. Um, I liked it and retweeted it, but I just also wanted to put it out there that the Bronx Book Festival would like to go on, and they um, are run. They're doing a fundraising, crowdfunding campaign right now. And if you guys have anything to donate, go ahead and like, you know, payday is going to be soon. It's going to be Friday, so you know what to do. <laughs> Let's support each other. Yeah. So shout out to the Bronx Book Festival. Yay, I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, this is it for this episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, also to everyone out there in college or about to start college, do your best. And like my mom would always say, echale ganas. Mm-hmm. And don't ever feel like you don't belong. Like you worked hard to be there, okay? So yeah. don't let anyone prove you wrong because obviously now we know that all these kids are just in there because their parents pay for them to be this there. This is true, yeah. So you deserve it out of anyone else. Mm-hmm. So have a great night, a great week, a great day. And a great life. This podcast was executive produced by Karen Almonte. You can follow us on social media to keep up with your favorite Bronx ladies. From the Bronx with Love is part of Anthology House Media.